Thanks, Siri. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of From the Tips. It's me, boy Brian, always joined by my fantastic co-host, Rick Landis. Uh, we've just come back. Well, not just come back, but uh, we have come back from Rick's bachelor party. Everything went well. At least I think you can you could you could tell me differently if you want. But yeah, uh, no, I, I agree. Uh, everything went well. We're back. The podcast is back, and don't worry, folks. There wasn't a whole lot of intense golf that you missed. It was actually probably a decent week to just miss in general. Yeah, because I feel like we would have we would have gotten on the microphones and been like, well. That was that was something. That <laughs> golf, yeah, that was golf. Um, no, I agree. It was it was a success of a weekend for sure. I'm still recovering, to be completely honest. Uh, my back is still in shambles from the nine hour car ride. Yeah, uh, that was tough. And like I'm like on and off sick right now. Uh, like I'll like be fine for like six hours, and then I'll like like right now I have this weird like nasal thing going on. So mm-hmm. like. If, if I sound kind of nasally, that's why. Um, but yeah, great weekend. Uh, good round of golf. Uh, yeah, that We went to a football game. Um, <laughs> not going to say it was a good game because it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> we had fun and that's what matters. And we did. We had a good time. And that's the takeaway I would like to take away from it. Um, yeah, I mean, the the best part for me, at least um about the golfing was the you don't see this much in in northeastern american golf so that's why it was kind of cool was in carolina the i guess whatever grass they were using for the fairways and the rough was like on its way to being dormant so it was still green but it was definitely like fading and browning a smidge but the greens themselves i don't know if they painted them or if it's just because of the different type of grass was so green yeah i love that look I know it was a really cool difference between the two grasses. I was like, wow, this is, you don't see this much up here. All you really see yeah. is one shade of green and or brown. And that's all you're getting up here. Yep. Pretty much. Unless we just don't golf at very nice courses, which is, a, which could be a thing, but you that's know, what you also a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you were on fire down there. I'm starting to think maybe your argument to move down there should just be because you golf better down there i mean it's just i'm I'm in my element i don't know in your element man one for one on rounds down there it's my 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 area i love it down there uh i'd move there in a heartbeat if i could Uh uh-huh but i can't and you know that's just that that's that's just the way it is and that's some that's just the way it is sometimes and that's okay that's That's okay okay. it's okay everything's not complaining i like being up here everything's fine i wouldn't Um, mind being a snowbird i'm that's all i'm saying indeed indeed um being a snowbird is actually, I think, a life goal of at least everybody I know and talk to, because you don't you, you don't want to be up here in the winters, like especially if it doesn't snow, like if you don't get any sort of bang for your buck yeah. as far as like snow days or actual looking cool outside. It's just cold. Yeah. Just gray all the time. You don't want to be here. Trust me. You know uh, what I wish? Hmm. I wish. So, I mean, this is going to kind of sound a little weird because, like, he obviously has more money to begin with. But I wish I was that better that bet the four-leg parlay on the Texans this weekend. Yeah. Obviously, he already has the money because he put $500,000 down on the bet. Mm Mm-hmm. But 5.5 mil on a $500,000 bet, like, has some good money. Could you imagine? Could you imagine just 
bear with me here. Having five hundred thousand dollars to bet on the Texans, I just yeah, yeah against the Bengals, just to have that just lying around. Well, the, the thing the is, I don't know this. This dude has to be a time traveler. Have you seen the legs that he placed on this bet? Devin Singletary, he's mm-hmm. their backup. Yep. The Texans to just flat out beat the Bengals like that. That okay. The Bengals aren't playing fantastic right now but still still, a little bit weird um i don't i'm trying to see if i can find the actual list of of bets here on the parlay for me too it's like especially when you kind of look at like who he bet on like especially devin singletary their backup running back of the texans is he the is he Biff from Back to the Future too? That just had the sports almanac and then just I, made a gazillion dollars. I just feel like he has to be. He's got it. There's no doubt in my mind because there's a, who's making that that kind of bet with five hundred thousand dollars. Who has that kind of free available cash to bet on the Texans of all teams? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, the four legs were insane. One of them was like uh, about Matt Amendola, who's their kicker, like. Just wild stuff. Um, yeah, just insane. See, I wish I had that kind of money so that I could get a winter home in Carolina because that would be nice. I would enjoy that. Would that would be nice, yep. Um, yeah. Before we get into golf, I do have to give a quick <clears throat> shout-out Here we go. to uh, Brian for nope. trading me Travis Etienne on, in our fantasy league. Gotcha, big guy. Big, uh, big pickup gotcha, for guy. me there because hey. I'm getting absolutely demolished this week. Um, so we gotta we gotta pick it back up and get back on track next week. Yeah, and especially for me, the the trade my way was actually a good good market value. I got a first rounder for next year. I got a second rounder for twenty twenty five, and I got um, the current workhorse for the Cleveland Browns, who is not too shabby on the points week in and week he's out. Not. He's 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 up there. He's you what know? is he twenty four? I think right. And you know, and, for uh, those of you. Bets. For those of you gripping your steering wheel and yelling at me for trading away Travis Etienne, I do have Christian McCaffrey. I'll be okay. I'm not going to die. All right. Everything's going to be fine. Uh, I'm also getting clapped up this week, but I'm also, I'm caught up in such an injury situation that is just really not helping me whatsoever. I got Justin Fields, who's still hurt. Kirk Cousins was an absolute workhorse for me out for the season yeah uh, even ryan Tannehill, like when i needed him at, at one of these weeks i needed him he actually put up like 17 points for me and i was like that's just a good guy to have in in the in the back there will levis is apparently a stud right so now i'm rocking with mac jones who's just absolutely abysmal it's it's pretty it's pretty bad all <laughs> things considered but what am i gonna do not suit up a quarterback you know i i, I had to do what i had to do um I'll be okay. We're gonna go into uh, we're gonna go into week eleven at five and five, and I'm really gonna have to start doing some soul searching because if I really want to make you know a run at this, it's the top. What is it? Top uh, eight teams make it. Is it? I don't. Top I don't know eight, how to set up here. Well, I, I actually have access. Oh, to here we go. Yeah, top eight. Top eight. I'm gonna be sitting probably around the six, seven, eighth spot. Right now, I'm in fifth. Um, you know, a lot of four and five teams, a lot of, a lot of those teams about to be five and five or, or six and, and, and five, you know, so 
There's going to be a lot of work in the middle there, and I'm going to have to start doing some soul-searching about where where am I going to need help? What am I willing to give up to get that help? Yeah. And also, do I go all in this year? Or do I just kind of stay back? If I make the playoffs, great, because anything can happen in the playoffs, right? But, you know, yeah, yeah. are you I'm going not, for it all this year type of deal? I'm not the biggest fan of going for it all because we had a guy in our league do that last year um in in my other league do mm-hmm. that last year he he got like christian mccaffrey he got like two other like big name guys that he picked up late in the season and like all of them got hurt and he ended up just getting absolutely crushed in the playoffs yep. and then he had no picks or anything and it's like now you have to wait a whole another year and you don't even have a draft to think about so i'm not a huge fan of going all in like that like yeah i gave you a first round pick but i still have two first round picks so like i'm not too upset about that yeah, and I needed a first round pick because I, I I had traded away uh, earlier in the year, and I had traded away my second. So here I was without a first or a second round, and I was like, "Oh shit, that's not great." Um, but you know, when I made those trades, I was feeling good. I was hot. I was like, I was second in the league. I was like on a four game heater. I was like, "Ah, nothing can touch me. I'm good." Justin Fields down. Kirk Cousins out for the season. <laughs> Chris McCaffrey hurt, and I was like, ah. "Well, Fields <laughs> is about to come back." He is, he is, but is he is he going to be the same? You know, probably not. And also, like, let's not forget the Bears are still trash. You know, and <laughs> DJ Moore owners can can celebrate a little bit because uh, he's coming back, and that's like one of his main targets. Me. Um, so yeah, you know you. So hopefully, there's light at the end of this tunnel. But I'm I'm really starting to think I'm not going to um, I'm not going to sell the farm basically. But I'm also. I'm still in a position where I feel okay with where I'm at, but I might have to make a move or two going into the trade deadline this week. Yeah. Just to kind of bolster some things a little bit, right? You know, I do have have bad news for you. It's almost impossible. There's like four people in our league that actually do trades. Yeah. And yeah, you going to be honest. You don't want to give half of them a first round pick because half of them already have two. So I know (laughs) the guys who are the guys in the, the league that are willing to trade, you know, I'm, I'm not like, not willing to trade, but I'm definitely new into the feeling good about trades and like thinking uh-huh. that I'm 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 doing the right the right things and not getting fleeced. The other guys who are willing to do it from from the gate are leaps and bounds ahead of the rest of us. You had three first round picks at one point. I'm yeah. pretty sure John has two first round picks until 2026. He does right now. Now don't get me wrong, Bed Bath and Bijan is at the bottom of the league. Um, and I and and for what it's worth, I think the only Actually, having Josh Dobbs right now, kind of cool. That's kind of a cool little pickup for for him to have. Um, you know, he still has some value there. I'm not going to give him a first round pick, I don't think, but he's got some value on that team. That you know, he's just like he's got Kyler Murray on the bench. That's, that's well, he wild. just came back this week. I know, uh, but you know, 18 point performance, not bad. He's he's probably not going to give you much. For less than a first round pick, I was offered Josh Dobbs yeah. by him. By the way, oh yeah, um, there is another uh, owner floating around our league. I'm not going to call him out by name, but he is the uh, M- the Amon Ross St. Brown owner in our league. Indeed, he, he is. told me that I needed to give him three first round picks for him. Uh, so yeah. don't even bother on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Every single draft thing he went to said three first round picks. Uh, AJ Brown is not going anywhere from untouchable there. Devontae yeah. Smith is untouchable. Who has CD um, Lamb? Chris, I believe. Mm. So I'm, he's probably untouchable. 
Yeah, it might be. It might be an untouchable. It might be. Pretty much all of the top 10 receivers right now are untouchable, which is so frustrating. Uh, Chris is right in the fight, too, at five and four. I know. That's the thing is everybody's right there. So <clears throat> no one is willing to, to sell out yet. Oh, man. And C.D. Lamb just came off an almost 40-point day. Yeah. Well, if you look at the the leaders right now, it's Tyreek Hill, Hill, Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, Amon Rossi Brown, Adam Thielen, D.J. Moore, and Puka Nakua. I've made offers for... AJ Brown, CD Lamb, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase, and Amon Ross St. Brown, and none of them were accepted. They were all multiple first round picks. Jeez Louise. So you're probably you're, not you being it. a little, a little bit stingy on the first round picks here. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah, so, anyway. Yeah, next year doesn't look great for me picks wise. I will have a pick in each round, thankfully. I have two in the third, but it's the third round. Uh-huh. Um, so I feel okay about where I am picks wise now, uh, but now is really just the whole figuring out the team that we have here, right? I need Justin Fields to come back better than ever, basically. Yeah. Um, that would be huge for the squad. Need Christian McCaffrey just keep doing, keep doing your thing, big guy. Just you know, white man can ball, run CMC. You gotta love it. Um, but all right. Now that we've now that we've talked for about fifteen minutes or so about football, let's talk about that golf. Uh, some actual professional golf did happen while we were away, folks. Uh, the what is this? The uh, the WWT Championship and the Butterfield Bermuda Championship happened while we were away. Boy, oh boy, absolute rippers! These two, so um, exciting, so excited, so excited. Uh, basically, just two small events. Uh, the winners of those being Eric Van Royen and uh, Camillo v- Villagas. I think that's how it's pronounced. Um, you know, yeah. Um, the biggest the, the story out of those two is uh, Camillo Villagas gets his first win uh, is since in the last several years. I think his last win was over ten years ago. So congratulations to him getting back on the leader. Uh, the leader, not the leaderboard, getting back on the winner's circle. That's super cool. Um, golf can sometimes be a smidgen evil and it's cool to see these kind of stories for guys who just stay committed, who keep showing up and keep getting their PGA tour cards. So good for him. Um, but other than that, we do have other golf news to discuss. The first of which being Rick, I think you remember the little, little, uh, kerfuffle at the, uh, Ryder cup between Roy McElroy and former caddy of tiger woods, Joe LaCava. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was, there was some, there were some words yelled back and forth in a parking lot. And, uh, I'm not going to say that was the the final nail in the United States coffin, but it definitely felt like the lead that the Europeans already had was not going to get caught up to after that because now you had a fired yeah. European squad. Not great. Um, but in an interview with Paul Kimmage of the Irish Independent, Roy McIlroy laid out a couple more details of uh, that, that little yelling match in the parking lot. Uh, he said in this interview, quote, Joe LaCava used to be a nice guy when he was caddying for Tiger, and now he's caddying for that dick. And uh, Roy McIlroy was referring to Patrick Cantlay, who Rory has added that his relationship is average at best with. Now, we could be a wild quote from Rory as a wild quote, right? As someone who's like the head of, you know, the players union, basically, for the PGA Tour. Yeah. Now, the pearl clutching moment here uh, would be to be, you know, would be. How dare he say these things? Golf is the sport of gentlemen. Whatever happened to our sport? And the degenerate in me is like, at more, more. Yeah, give me more. more. 
I love this. Where we need this fire more often, man. I exactly. didn't know Rory had these opinions. So yeah, if if he did before, he never voiced them. This is the first we're hearing anything even close to this. Yeah, and not only that, but if I'm not mistaken, give me one moment to double check here. I know that Rory's in. If I'm not mistaken, isn't he? Is he in? Patrick Cantlay is in the the TGL with Rory. Interesting. I mean, if this kind of stuff like continues to carry in, like that's just a wild thing for him to say. I didn't think he had beef with Patrick Cantlay. Yeah. Um, even even he adds like his relationship is average at best. What's at worst, Rory? What what are we missing here? Yeah, like what what happened between the two of them? I don't like the only thing that I can think of is maybe like Rory's pissed off about the FedEx Cup playoffs or something. I don't know, but I like I get why he's in the TGL because he's a previous re- very recent FedEx Cup winner. So like you have to have him in there basically. But mm-hmm. does Rory even really want him there? It doesn't sound like it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it doesn't seem like they're the best of friends. I did not know they were enemies in this in this fashion. But you have that coming up along with, you know, obviously, somebody's going to bring this up to Patrick Cantley. That's eventually going to happen. Yeah. Do you think this is a situation where, where Patty Ice decides to also spice things up and he claps back with something? Because I'm 100% so. here for it. I need it. Boy, I hope so. This is the kind of stuff that will help golf grow. Yeah. You know, because you'll have people taking to Twitter, people talking about it. There'll be there'll be retweets. People are going to talk about it in the media and stuff. And, you know, it doesn't take actual fisticuffs for this kind of stuff to help a sport. If people yeah. finally start to realize that there is drama, there is excitement, there's there's these things that happen underneath the surface of just turning the TV on and watching the golf. I think it's going to do nothing but help professional golf and help viewership. Yeah. And to make a comparison to another professional sport that pretty much lives off of people like vaguely knowing about them based off of the drama that happens outside Mm -hmm. of the actual event happening, any fighting sport, Uh huh. like think about when, who is it? Logan Paul. Is he the one that was boxing? think so yeah was fighting was fighting uh what's his name i don't remember i'm not super into fighting sports i apologize um but dylan that was his name dylan Dylan dennis yeah dylan dennis yeah Mm. all the stuff that dylan was saying about logan paul was it was it was just promoting this fight like it was making people be excited to just watch these guys who seemingly hate each other go out there and fight each other Mm -hmm. with their fists yep Obviously, we're not going to get fists. I mean, it'd be awesome if we did. Not really cool. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, just the drama itself, like, no matter what anybody tells you, everybody loves drama. As long Uh as they're not involved, everybody loves drama. It's just a fact. People Uh love to just hear problems that other people have, other people, like, discontent with other people. They love it. They love to just be on the outside looking in on that. And if we have that in golf now with this TGL that has nothing to do with the PGA tour, it's not messing up any image there. It can just be this degenerate golf league 
Uh-huh. I like there's nothing wrong with that, and I think it's only good. Yeah. I mean, is oh, just such such a good drama going into the the you know, getting into soon the bulk of the PGA season. And drama that we didn't even know was a thing. Like obviously we knew about the screaming match in the in the parking lot, but that seemed to like pretty much fizzle within a week after the Ryder Cup. So I'm interested yeah. that this is just brought back into light. Just an interesting thing for Rory to bring up. Um, like, it's also interesting to me is that, you know, both golfers and the way they go about the game are very, very contrast. Um, you know, the way they carry themselves, the way that they, they actually play, like, Rory is very much a hard and sleep kind of guy. Like, uh, you know, let's not remember this is a guy that almost ripped his entire shirt off. Cause I was just going to say, he <laughs> almost ripped his whole shirt off one day. Almost, almost hulked out of his shirt because he kind of fell apart on 18. And, you know, Patrick Cantlay's nickname Patty Ice for a very good reason. The dude is very much calm, cool, and collected and just yeah. does his job. So the fact that this kind of drama is ensuing between them, I'm interested to see what Patrick Cantlay has to say, but. This is just kind of cool stuff to see out of out of some PGA Tour players that usually, with how stuck up golf is professionally as a sport, the country club uh, mentality, et cetera, et cetera. This is cool stuff. This is going to help the sport, especially if the TGL and things like that um, allow these kind of rivalries to to kind of flare up in a way because of yep. like the close quarters, the team camaraderie uh, aspect, the way that the points match up and stuff like that. That could really add to the fuel in these fires and actually also benefit the PGA Tour while it's at it, which will, uh, yep. which will be cool. Uh, in talking about the uh, TGL actually here, Rick, Tiger has fully announced his team, which he's actually going to have ownership rights in, and that is the Jupiter Lynx Golf Club. For the teams that have been announced uh, so far, it looks like some of them are associated with actual cities. I don't know why. Um... Because uh, all these games are getting, you know, hosted at, um, I don't know, what do you need? Oh, jeez, Louise. We have towels, don't we? Oh, so I'm sorry. Is it Rick or is it your No, it's Rick. You're fine. Oh, I would have walked in with Rick. Oh, you're good. Yep. Here we go. With all the teams so far, it's, they're, they're not changing the location of, of the games and yeah. why feeling the need to identify with this the city i don't know i think it's just because tiger loves jupiter florida so much he wanted it to be a part of it and that was how they came up with the way to to incorporate it yeah i mean that's fair but also so far i believe like atlanta is a city boston's a city let me see if i can relocate the instagram page here but you know what I mean? Just like kind of odd that they would feel the need to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It, is, it is strange. Let's see here. TGL. Here we go. All right. Um. Yeah. So the Boston Common Golf is a team, uh, as well as Atlanta Drive Golf Club. Um. Uh, Los Angeles Golf Club. That one makes sense because it's it's getting hosted in California. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I just don't understand the need to identify with the city. Other than that, but they're they're using like obviously big sports cities as the as the naming rights, which you know kind of yeah. makes sense in a way. But I don't. I didn't feel like you needed to identify with the city, but it's just an interesting choice. 
but his love for Jupiter, Florida does show through here for the Jupiter Links golf club. Uh, but again, I will, I'll reiterate, he has ownership stake in the squad. So I'm taking this as a sign that he really believes in the concept that he's that he's going into this, um, which is a good thing. If he's on board, that's usually that means it's a good idea. Yeah, I'm hoping that the fact that we're just being teams named after cities mm-hmm. right now is just a precautionary thing until we see if this whole thing works out or not mm-hmm. and not them being lazy because that might be one of the biggest misses of all time if we don't get actual team names because the merch would be immaculate from yeah. this mm-hmm. and people aren't going to buy as much of it if it's just Los Angeles Golf Club. Yeah, I mean that's I'd like it's a it's a cool concept I'm sure for the people that like follow Los Angeles sports and are from the California area yeah. and stuff like that. But like for me, like you know, I want to root for Tigers team. I don't know how much I can support Jupiter, Florida. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> the Jupiter Lynx golf. Yeah. I'm like you know, and, and and for where I am in the country, I have to identify with the Boston team. That just Nah. Hurts my soul immediately, nah. right? Like, I can't do that. That goes against everything I believe in. <laughs> We're specifically going to a Boston Bruins game for my bachelor party because of how much I hate them. That's <laughs> that's the whole reason. I can't celebrate a Boston team like that, although the logo is a frog, which is kind of funny. Um, But interesting to me, that he has ownership stake in the squad. So do you think this is because of his belief, or do you think that he actually has real ideas for how they're going to market this for how much he could actually make money off of it, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not sure because like, yeah. is there's not information on anybody else having ownership. Is there? No, not, not, not that so I've far. seen. Obviously he and Rory have ownership stakes in the league. Yeah. But they're like not the teams. That's yeah, that's what I'm know. saying. So like yeah. I don't know. Unless they're planning on opening it up to investors, I don't I don't know what the plan is. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um because I think it'd be cool if more players went fully ownership rights into the teams. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then they're really attached to the idea. They're like fully in yeah. for it now. It's not yeah, exactly. it's not a situation where like, well, if it fails, shucksy doodles, right? Like yeah. You now have a lot of money swept up into this and a lot of your time and effort. So, excuse me. Uh, I think probably Rory will follow suit with uh, whatever his team ends up being. Yeah, I would assume so. I'm not quite sure what that will be. I'm assuming. So there's only there's six teams and only four have names so far. My assumption is, is one of those teams is going to be some sort of overseas. Yeah, one of the unnamed squad. teams. Uh, because, you know, they have Rory, they have uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, Justin Rose, um, Adam Scott, Tyrrell Hatton, et cetera, et cetera, Tommy Fleetwood, Shane Lauer. They got a bunch of European guys. So I'm assuming those last two teams are probably going to be a majority European guys, uh, especially if they're following this whole naming after a city thing. Yeah. Um, so I'll be interested to see how that goes. Uh, I still feel like I'm probably going to root for whatever team Shane Lowry winds up on because, duh. That dude is a vibe, yeah. and I gotta follow him. But I kind of want to also root for Max Homa. So where's your where's your rooting interest in this? Do you think? I mean, obviously Tiger, because duh. But outside of Tiger, who out of these players 
are you the most interested to follow and want to like be a fan of their team? I should say. Whoever is on the Dublin Ducks. The Ducks—that's the, that's the <laughs> team name I just came up with. Whoever's on that team, that's who I'm rooting for. Let's go. <laughs> the Dublin Ducks. I am in. Oh my gosh! You kidding me? That, that merch should be Rory's team. That should be Rory's team. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to bring Shane on there. You'd have yeah, for to. sure. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, Max Homa is probably the number one guy for me. Uh, just I think he's perfect for this with his mm-hmm. activity on social media and and just his um his demeanor and how he carries himself and how how out there he is as as an extrovert and and all that. Um so I think definitely I think he's going to be best for this whole idea as far as the golfers that are out there. So I'm definitely going to be following him the most, I think. Right. And also let's not forget the, you know, the bit of all of these players are some of the most electric players in the in the PGA Tour right now. Yeah. So watching all of them in this little group of teams is going to be amazing anyways. So obviously I'm going to like enjoy the whole thing, but I do feel almost obligated to choose a team, right? I feel like that's how it yeah. goes when you when you have a team sport. So that's you know why I brought the question up. I'm going full Shane Lowry, but I do have a soft spot for Max Homa. And speaking of Max Homa, we call that a fabulous segue in the biz. Max Homa, right now, currently uh, number seventh and uh, number seven in the official world golf rankings, just coming off of a win at the Ned Bank Golf Challenge, which isn't a PGA Tour event, but still another win under his belt. When you look at the grand scheme here for Max Homa, he's currently coming off of a career season where he had two wins. Um, not just two wins, but also on his datagolf.com sheet, there's a lot of green here, meaning a top 25 or better. And He's also on a just a very steady climb if you follow his career trajectory from 2020 to now. Just an incredibly steady climb coming all the way from number 180 in the world to consistently climbing to that number seven spot. There are currently three Americans ahead of him in the official world golf rankings. That's Scotty Scheffler, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay. Would you be comfortable with saying that he should be in the top five of the official world golf rankings and should be a top three American right now. Yes. I would put him only behind Scotty Scheffler. I think mm-hmm. out of that list of guys, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Xander's so up and down recently, like he'll play well and then he won't play well. Uh, Cantley is super consistent. So you could, I could see an argument for either of them being right behind Scotty. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think personally, I'm going to have to go with Homer right now. Yeah. It, just the way he's doing it too. And like maybe the most easy to root for fashion of, of yeah. any golfer since, since Jordan Spieth came back on the scene, like it just so easy to root for what he's doing. And I guess the only thing that he's missing in comparison to the three other guys, even though um, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley yeah. don't have it either is a major, right? Like, you know, yeah. um, the 2022 Masters, you know, Scotty Scheffler has that, right? So he's he's obviously in the grand scheme of things and in the long run is, is a little bit more of that, you know, firepower up there. So I, I'm not yeah. super comfortable with putting <laughs> Max ahead of him. But no, right now, the way, the way he's playing is very much comparable to the way X has played and Patrick Cantlay has played. And yes. let's also not forget that they just had a side-by-side comparison at the Ryder Cup. And Max Homa, I mean, we agreed, was easily 
the best player for the Americans in the entirety of the Ryder Cup. Yeah, definitely MVP of the Ameri- for the Americans in the Ryder Cup. So, you know, obviously not not a, a fantastic trophy to receive with how how wound up going, but it's the way he's doing it. It just has me really thinking there's there's no way in my mind that he's not a top three American, if not just the second best American right now on tour. You know, obviously the top two guys in the official world golf rankings right now are Rory McIlroy and Victor Hovland. Yeah. Clear reasons, uh, although Rory McIlroy being number one in the world right now, yeah, it's still a smidge weird. And look, we've talked about how the the point rankings work and, and blah, 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 and all that jazz. But um, it, it it's one of those things where it's cool to see, right? You see a guy yeah. that he hits the scene. He's in his early thirties. We watched him, you know, play really promising, really fun golf to watch early in his career in like 2019, 2020. And on top of that, his ability to like actually take to social media and be funny and be yeah. a guy's guy and be somebody that you want to like want to hang out with. Right. Yeah. It's like guys like him and Joel Damon and Harry Higgs and Shane Lauer that you're like, I want to go get a beer with that guy. But what he's doing that's different than those guys, no offense to them, obviously, professional golfers, I get that. But he's he's top five in the world right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's crazy on its own, just his ability to do that. So it's cool. It's cool seeing that stuff. I I agree with you, Rick. I think he's definitely uh, not not just definitely a top five player in the world right now, but a top three American for sure. Yep. Um. All right. Last bit of news to cover tonight, and this is this is gonna got some fun news for the golfers like us. Uh, according to, uh, and let me see if I can get the the governing body of this correct. Um, the it just says golf's governing body. Super helpful. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, the uh, the accreditation the accreditation system that they have in place. The people that run that. Uh, that do the handicap index for for all golfers in the world, not just you know your professionals, but also you, me, and and everybody else who plays golf and and keeps a keeps a handicap. It is now going to be that your short courses and your nine hole rounds plus partial rounds after nine holes can now be entered and immediately count towards your handicap index. So instead of like rounds being your end all be all and what came out of that. Yeah. Any hole of golf you play, no matter where you are or what you're doing or, or where you're playing, can now count towards your handicap index. Do you like the do you like that change with the way that with the with the way that golf is shaping out, at least for the general public? Um yes. I think overall it's good. I think obviously it needs to be weighted in some way because 18 holes is way different than nine or short course. Um so it does need to be weighted in some way, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I do like it because it just makes it more accessible. Mm-hmm. Like some people don't have the time to go out and play 18 holes every weekend, but they do have the time to go play nine. Nine takes an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. 18 can take four hours sometimes, depending on who you're behind. Mm-hmm. So I think it's nice because it does make it more easily accessible for everybody to just have a handicap. Um, I think it's going to lead to a lot of fights and arguments between people. That's fair. That's fair. Be like, oh, this, this is your handicap from the nine holes that you played the other day? And it's like, well, yeah, still golf. I um, saw that you only played 13. That shouldn't count for your index. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with you. You're going to have your traditionalists that are like, no, it yeah. should only be 18 rounds. And if you finished it, that's all that should count. But 
I agree with you. It makes it a hundred percent more accessible for, for guys that can just get out there and play nine holes, right? Not everybody has the ability to go out and play 18 holes. Not everybody has the ability to finish 18 holes. Even if they play yeah. more than nine, say it's um like that course that we've played a couple of times out in, out in um, Schwanksville. That's like the 13 holes, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that'll count. That'll count for your index. Um, now, obviously, again, I agree with you 100%. There should be some sort of weighted uh, averages to these, depending on the type of course, how difficult it is, which then there is already built into the system. Yeah. Um, but this is, I think, going to be not just good for the game, but also when you, you kind of, you know, zoom out a bit, the most accurate, right? Like, if yeah. I have the round of my life at a nine-hole course, right, I'd say I'd just shoot two over or something like that, have an yeah. absolute fantastic nine. I would like that counted, right? Exactly. You would, yeah. Um, but also, if I shoot the worst round of my life, I might rethink this whole thing. But hey, what are you going to do? So this is this is my opinion on the whole thing. I'm going to put this out there for both sure. sides of this argument. If you think it should be counted, if you think it shouldn't be counted, if you think it should be counted, this is what you're going to say to people when they tell you that nine holes in a short course should not be counted on your handicap. Right. They tell you that you're going to turn to them. You're going to say, okay, let me ask you this. If you got a hole in one on a nine hole course or a short course, are you counting it? Nobody is going to say no to that. That's big. Nobody's going to say no to that. It's the same thing. Whether they tell you, whether they agree with you or not, that is the exact same thing. If you're counting a hole in one on a short course, you better be counting that as part of your handicap because that's you saying that this is still golf. And this is still me using my skill in golf. So there's no reason that it shouldn't be counted towards your handicap because you're still using your skills that you need in a round of golf. Uh-huh. If you're the person on the other side who thinks that it shouldn't be counted, you're wrong. Because you're everybody's going to say that hole-in-one on a short course or a nine-hole course counts. And no one is going to say that it doesn't count. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, that's... That's the thing is that's such a loaded question to ask people because everybody's going to say, yeah, right. You get a hole in one. doesn't matter where the hell you are. The only time a hole in one shouldn't count is if you're playing putt putt. And that's because it's exactly. a little bit easier to pull off. Yeah. But like at a bar three course, you could argue it's also just, you know, easier to pull off, blah, blah, blah. Right. Yeah. So, Cause you're shooting, you're shooting your short clubs. All yeah. Day. You're not yeah. pulling out your driver at all. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. kind of dialed into a certain shot. I like that. Guess what? Who cares? I you're counting that. a hole in one. If you if if anybody if anybody tells you they're not counting a hole in one on a short course, they're lying to you. Uh-huh. I Dude, would love to see them yeah. go play a short course and hit a hole in one and tell you they're not counting that as a hole in one. Because they one hundred percent are. They one hundred percent are. So That's anybody who thinks that this shouldn't count towards your handicap, but does think that a hole in one on a short course counts, you're contradicting yourself and you're wrong. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you're contradicting yourself and you're wrong on top of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I think we're both in agreement here on this is, this is just going to benefit the game in its entirety, yeah. just because there are, there are some golfers I know that like almost never play 18 holes. They just don't have the time. Yeah. But they can get out there and every time they go to golf, they go to golf nine holes and they have a good time, but you ask them their handicap, you ask them how they play. And they're like, Oh, like, I don't usually play 18 holes, so I don't really have an idea of yeah. what it looks like. And it's like, no, that, that's kind of bullshit, dude. That should be that should be counted. You're out there playing golf, right? You know, you're out yeah, there it getting makes, pars and bogeys, you know? Yeah, it makes them feel like they're not like actually in the in the golf 
circle by mm-hmm. not being able to say, oh, this is my handicap. If you give yeah. them just a handicap from playing nine holes all the time, they can be like, oh, this is my handicap. I usually only play nine holes, but like this is this is my handicap. Like you can have that caveat. That's not an issue to have the caveat of I usually only play nine holes because I don't think anyone's going to disagree that playing nine holes and playing 18 holes is a whole different animal. Uh-huh. But having that connection possibility between two people is awesome because now a person who is only playing nine holes all the time and is talking to a person who plays 18 holes all the time. They can be like, oh, let's go play nine holes together. We have an idea of where the other person's going to be at. Right. And, and you know, not only that, but and this could be its only this is its own episode entirely. But I really think if we're going to talk about inclusiveness, we really got to talk about the inclusion of just making not like playing nine holes of golf. You know, not as like oh, so you just you know you only played nine holes, right? Like I think it needs to be more inclusive in a way because I think playing nine holes of golf is awesome. I, love I think nine it's holes. so much fun. I mean, nine holes has a beautiful little halfway mark right where you played nine holes of golf so you, re- you really do feel like you played golf but you didn't overexert yourself right like sometimes you play yeah. eight holes you're ready for a nap and i think that's a majority oh, all the time <laughs> all the time uh-huh and some of my favorite golf memories are from back when we lived at home and we would go play nine at sweetwater and then we would just go hang out at phil's apartment for the night and we would play video games we would play magic like do something because we still had the energy to do it, but we still also got out and golf that day. Like it doesn't always need to be 18 holes. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. And maybe for everybody to agree on something, we can find somewhere in between. Like Gina's mentioned this to me countless times that she wishes golf was 12 holes because that's like her sweet spot as far as when she's like kind of done. Right. Maybe there's something in between there like that, but I agree. Like nine holes is sometimes everything you need you're getting your fix and you're not exhausting yourself for the rest of the day yeah and 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 you definitely feel like you played golf it's not like you don't feel like you played you know i i think there's a beautiful little 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 nest that that uh nine holes of golf has and i i wish it was just a bit more um you know just a bit more like oh yeah that's that's big you know like that's a huge part of golf and i'm glad that it is counted quote unquote officially moving forward well, Rick, unless you have any other golf news, buddy, that's going to do it. Nope, I got nothing. All righty, folks. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys still powering through through the offseason. Don't worry. Golf is going to get cooler pretty soon here. We're, we're getting there. Good. We're about halfway through November. We're about to get through December. The TGL is right around the corner. The um, the champion uh, the champions match in Hawaii that usually gets the season kicked off is right around the corner. We're right there, folks. Uh, so just bear with us in the meantime. Uh, go ahead and follow us on our social medias at uh, from the tips underscore pod on Instagram and at FTT underscore pod on X, uh, uh, also known as Twitter. Uh, go ahead and follow us there. And again, as always, thank you so much for listening. And we- thanks, guys. See you later.